This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. The FFIEC is expected to issue new security guidance that revisits online banking and strong authentication. And Iron Key's Dave Jevons says the industry should fight online fraud rather than focusing narrowly on ACH. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, here with the Week in Review for Friday, January 21, 2011. The Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council is expected to issue new security guidance that revisits online banking and strong authentication. At least that's the word from industry experts who have been involved in recent meetings with the FFIEC. Aviva Leighton, a distinguished analyst at Gartner, says she left a recent FFIEC subcommittee meeting with the clear sense that big changes are on the way. While none of the principals in the discussions will talk on the record about specifics of the FFIEC's expected new guidance or its timeline, observers believe the update will be issued soon. Dave Jevons, founder of online security vendor IronKey, believes the new guidance may be issued within the next four weeks. The existing guidance focuses on the consumer. Today, the cybercriminals and the attacks are much more sophisticated, Jevons says. This guidance will address the corporate banking side of the online channel, and I expect the FFIEC will follow some of the recommendations that have already been issued by the FBI, FSISAC, and NACHA when it comes to online security for businesses and financial institutions. What might the new guidance include? Well, Leighton says banks can expect more centralized IT examinations and more precise definitions for what strong authentication actually requires. Guidance for mobile banking is likely to fall into that fold as well. There is some good stuff in the last guidance, Leighton says, but bankers have not focused on those things. Instead, they focused on authentication and did the minimum. Some of that good stuff from the 2005 guidance, Leighton says, includes defining multi-factor authentication something the user knows, something the user has, and something the user is. Most banks focused on the know and ignored the rest. I got the gut feeling this time that the guidance will be much more specific, suggesting banks might even be held more accountable in future cases of account takeover. Now, after this short break, I'll be right back with more news highlights from our week. Are you responsible for your institution's compliance program? Do ATM fraud, ACH fraud, and online fraud keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the BankInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit BankInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Dave Jevons says the industry should fight online fraud, rather than focusing narrowly on ACH. Jevons, the founder of online security company IronKey, says ACH fraud accounts for about $6 billion in annual financial losses, but banks and credit unions aren't adequately addressing the threat. What they should focus on? Online fraud. Here is Dave Jevons. Tracy, I think the reality of the situation is that, particularly with smaller financial institutions, they haven't seen the level of sophisticated fraud that is starting to happen across the industry. So they don't see it, they're not prepared for it, there's not a good forum for information sharing about what's happening, and I think a lot of these institutions are thinking, well, you know, my day-to-day business is running okay, Uh, it must be working for me. Unfortunately, what's happening is cyber criminals in particular are targeting smaller financial institutions, 
smaller business customers, and when they attack, they attack in a big way, and the losses are quite substantial. The thing about ACH fraud is that, um, you know, it's one channel for moving money around. And the reality is we should be thinking about the broader scope of online fraud. The fact that the payments are being moved through the ACH system is uh, almost an artifact of, uh, of really kind of the front-end systems that we've got, for primarily for business banking, where people can get in there and start moving money. It happens to go through the ACH system. That's where we see the fraud. It may not even be reported as ACH fraud. It may be reported as a different kind of account takeover fraud. And the fact is they're just using the ACH system to, uh, to move the money around. When it comes to fraud in the cyber world, there's no shortage of attacks or schemes. So what can the financial industry expect from the fraud tap in 2011? Quite a bit, unfortunately, especially in the phishing space. The list of schemes and trends isn't getting any shorter. The good news from my perspective is that most banking and security leaders are more aware of risk management and security items they need to check off their to-do lists than they have been in the past. And one area where they will inevitably spend investment dollars relates to the fight against phishing. Like most fraud, phishing attacks are increasing in number and sophistication. Banks know these are a problem, but fighting back is becoming increasingly difficult. Part of the concern stems from emerging channels, such as mobile, which are more often used to access online banking. And here's the other issue. The number of phishing attacks launched on consumers has jumped from one or two a week in 2005 to more than 70 per day. And those attacks are not the old-fashioned random attacks we used to see. No, these are targeted attacks, so-called spear phishing attacks, which are directed at specific companies and, in many cases, specific employees. Their aim? To steal banking credentials and email passwords. The financial industry is taking steps to better educate consumers about phishing threats, but what they really need to do is invest in technology and solutions that don't allow those phishy emails through in the first place. From what security experts in the field tell me, technology that could virtually eliminate this kind of fraud altogether does exist. But banks and credit unions are not investing in the right solutions. They depend too much on antivirus software, which is insufficient. Why do we continue to spend money on ineffective solutions? Are vendors not doing enough to educate their bank and credit union customers? Or are we not doing enough to implement effective measures? Those are questions I can't answer alone but I hope it's an issue we can resolve in 2011. That's this week's Week in Review. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.